0: A doctor and daughter duo embark on a quest to save a friend and slay a zombie in the Plague of the Zombies.
1: Mafia, wake up! Wake up! Wake up. You have created a monster, and it will destroy you. My favorite doctor, doctor duo, mm, doctor daughter duo, <laughs> <laughs> doctor doctor. No, doc, I, I'm talking about doctor doctor, doctor duo mm, over here. Yeah, um, there's a little uh, doctor doctor duo of Mr. of Mr. Forbes and Mr. Thompson.
0: Mm, mm, yeah, mm. not not bad duo. <laughs> I was talking about the doctor daughter duo, okay. which is 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 kind of a trope in British storytelling and cinema. I have to say, oh, but is I, it? I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Okay.
1: Those nerds yeah. over there across the ocean.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters <laughs> of Ed podcast. This is the Bargain Basement of Monster Podcasting Airwaves, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, The Plague of Zombies. Of course, with me today is the daughter of this Dr. Daughter
1: duo, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and, and joining me is the headless corpse of Ooh. my once favorite friend, Eric, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, favorite friend that we move on from rather quickly, I must say, Alex. She was she was being a little weird before she went, so no she one was a really little weird. She's a little Standoffish, but yeah, yeah,
0: you know. yeah. It's like, a little weird, put, but she was also being kind of a voodooized, you know. So
1: yeah, I mean, if that's your excuse, fine, but <laughs> just you know, prepare for the consequences for five <laughs> people to show up at your funeral. Uh, and so, Alex, before we get into the <laughs>
0: before we get into the film just a quick little last of us update oh, here oh I think I've just I think, just, yeah, I, think I made this resolution last week and I think I'm just gonna stick with I, I'm just gonna watch the show first You're so such a I've loser. decided I'm a boomer is what I've decided right I I am an absolute loser I deserve all the public humility and shame that you can give me uh, I know I, I told a couple students about it and they were like, You are so lame, Mr. Neely. And I'm like, I know. They're, I know.
1: Yeah. They're very correct. Like,
0: you here. have to stick with it. You're just at the good part. I promise it gets yeah, better you are. right there.
1: You're, you're, I mean, it's already good, but you're, you're at the part where things just get nuts.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I'll probably just watch the show. <laughs>
1: no, but <sighs> the cat,
0: <laughs> I might go back. I might go back and and play, to be honest. Whatever. Um, but you're right. You you kind of helped me realize. I I was just playing to get through it. I wasn't playing to like enjoy the experience, and, and that is not the way that you want to do something, no. right? Like that's just not. It's not how I want to spend my time. It's not how the game is wanting to be played right. either. So it's, I'm really just respecting the game. Alex is what I'm
1: doing. I mean, you're not, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I. I agree. It, it, there's no reason to play a game if you're just forcing yourself to get through it because you just want to see the story. That's. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. That's not how the games are designed. <laughs>
0: it's not. It's not.
1: <laughs> but yeah, just just watch the show, Eric, and then you'll be like, oh, wow, this, this would have been crazy if it happened in the game. Wow. Okay. True. True. Well, All right. Let's jump into it. Uh, I don't even want to talk to you. You just did this episode by yourself. <laughs>
0: Our first hammer horror comes from an unconventional source, 1966 Plague of the Zombies, directed by John Gilling. While this may be the last of our pre-Romero films of the series, we see glimpses of the horror to come while tracing zombie roots back to films of the past. Question for you, Alex. Where do you see the influence of our previous zombie films in this movie? Oh,
1: uh, you know, you, you can see it a little bit in how they handle the voodooized zombies in terms mm-hmm. of uh, for labor. Uh, once again, we've seen that over and over again. Um, this use for labor and, you know, slave labor, essentially. Or literally, I guess. <laughs> Not essentially. Yeah. yeah. And... um I think that that is interesting. Um, But really, I think we see a lot of what we liked about White Zombie in terms of our villain here and how he really works on his victims and how he controls them. And, you know, there's not that awareness of what's happening to them. Mm There's, there's a lot of those elements are present here from white zombie. I think, I think this, this has more, Mm -hmm. well, I would say this has more in relation to white zombie than I walked with, but we do, we do get some, I walked with elements here for sure. With our, Mm -hmm. uh, the women being taken away, right. Mm -hmm. And walking around lifeless. But the horror here is more similar to white zombie And I got to say, Eric, before we watched this film, you and me, we talked about it. And we debated on whether we should really watch this movie or skip it and jump straight to Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. And after about 20 minutes of this film, I had to say, we made the right call here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If the handling of this film is an indicator of other Hammer films then I am very much down to cover a series in those in that film series where we cover Dracula and everything else because, man, this film is such a surprise in a few ways, actually. Like, from, from its transformation of the zombies compared to what we've seen, like, these are very similar to the zombies we've seen. They're much more horrifying. They've got, they got the blank eyes. They've got they, they're easily dismembered apparently with mm-hmm. one hit of a shovel took her head right off mm-hmm. and you know they're they're completely undead mm-hmm. and the violence here is a little surprising too I did not expect her head to go flying off <laughs> that was cool yeah and then the characters everything here really works well also the sets and like just all mm-hmm. the locations I loved all oh, of yeah. it it was oh, so yeah. nice like as soon as we get that first interior where before they mm-hmm. even leave uh leave for where the uh well before they go to the small town I, I'm just like oh wow I love this set like it's just so busy but in mm-hmm. a good way oh it's yeah. realistic yeah and uh, yeah it's British man it's, it's british <laughs> yes yeah it is I, I I like I just like what we have here and I believe this film to be maybe mandatory zombie viewing especially for someone looking for something a little different. Mm, mm. Well, yeah, Aaron, I, yeah, answer the question first well, before you respond yeah. to me because I want to know about that. What do you say? Yeah. The influence of
0: previous zombie films. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this film it has connections back to White Zombie and I Walked with a Zombie. Um it plays on that Caribbean uh voodoo vibe of those films Mm -hmm. we get the slavery aspect as well that's revealed at the end uh which felt like an almost direct parallel scene wise to white zombie we get the women walking lifelessly right uh which felt parallel to i walked with the zombie and you're right the villain and lugosi's villain in white zombie also share some similarities Though I'll take Lugosi all day, every day. Yes. For reasons we can get into here in a minute. Uh, but overall, yeah, I'm with you. Really, what I wanted to say is that if if this is what Hammer Horror is like, tone wise, I'm all for it. Yeah. I absolutely love that sort of British mystery vibe, which is what we get here. I don't know that my my parents love like these british period pieces oh oh, (laughs) really like charles dickens type of stuff yeah yeah and so like i've seen a lot of these random uh like british period piece type things and a couple other shows like this and i I dig it right it (laughs) feels authentic in a way um and and also larger than life in another way so I, I'm all for it. You also just got to love the hero in this one. It's not a dashing youngster, but instead a distinguished and elderly gentleman yeah. in Sir James. I, I just love that guy. Uh, really quite a dignified take on our, our main hero. Um, and something we, we don't see much. Yeah. He definitely has the uh, gravitas in his dialogue, but he's also, he's just so poised Um he's like a detective in a sense he he's it's got this film's got a bit of noir in it in its feel mm-hmm. uh, and and he brings that out and is really just the suave character that we need to, to center this film
1: yeah yeah man and maybe that's what it is maybe it's like that like you said a noir feel cuz mm-hmm. there is an element here that i really appreciate is that this interesting establishment of some sort of mystery yeah, You know, with Alice, we when we when we meet her, something's clearly off. We quickly find out that she has this little cut on her arm. Um, and we know pretty early on kind of who the bad guy is, right? It's the guy living in the town, ta- yeah, <laughs> in the weird right, mine. Right. Clearly, he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and the movie doesn't try to hide it. But what we do get here is we get this cut hit, hit right? That mm-hmm. this is what's led to Alice's downfall, but we wonder how it happened because it's this clean cut. They even comment on how clean of a cut it was. Mm-hmm. And then the movie really builds on this in a very clever way that I appreciated. You know, we get this moment, Clive Hamilton, he comes over to, to check on Sylvia after um, what happened at his place. Right. And, he gets her. He gets her to get him a drink, and then he drops his glass. Oops! And then when she goes to to pick it up, he he goes down to pick it up at the same time and accidentally presses her hand into it, hmm. and cuts it. It is such a smart and inconspicuous way to get this blood. Now, does he get a little too much from it? Yes. <laughs> She was definitely lightheaded after he took that much blood. Mm-hmm. But the moment is so tense because you suddenly know how Alice met her end. Oh, yeah. And exactly. so when he does that, it's just such a cool way to to do it. And that feel of like impending doom for Sylvia, you know, as she, as he slowly takes her life away, you know... It's really cool. and when you when you put that on top of Zombified Alice and everything that's happening with her now that she's dead, and mm-hmm. when she co- resurrects as well, it's really the perfect way to build your stakes and the tension in the movie. And I was so impressed by that. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it's those little moments of tension with the over the top music. Mm. that really get at you in an uncomfortable way. Theo even watched part of this with me, and he was engaged at what was happening. So it had to be doing something right in that regard. And I think you're right. Like I think it comes down to these characters, right, and these Mm -hmm. good characters that we have. Um, They're almost caricatures, if we're being honest, but that's okay because of their roles within the film. Mm. Um, Everyone that needs to be fleshed out is fleshed out. And there seems to be genuine warmth and camaraderie between our main characters. Yes. The zombies, I wanted to get back to what you were saying about the zombies earlier, though, for a second. The zombies are the most frightening that we've probably encountered in our zombie series so far. They definitely have that otherworldly feel. Um, They are starting to move at a pace that we're, we're kind of used to seeing mm-hmm. zombies move and behave in a way that we're kind of used to seeing zombies behave. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, the first look at a zombie that we get, the one that's like holding Alice, I believe is that the one we see, Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> is, that was the, that one's frightening in yes. a way It's just disturbing. Like that's probably the most like takes you back for a second. You're like, Oh my gosh. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but the other ones aren't quite as, as shocking as mm-hmm. that one. Uh, but that was definitely the most shocking. So I, I, like the direction that we're starting to head in as far as these zombies are concerned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a really strong direction. And I feel like it's a pretty remarkable change from the last several movies. Yeah. Um, because these are like, I think I mentioned this earlier, but these are very clearly, clearly the undead from mm-hmm. a visual perspective and a, uh, fragility I guess, type of way too, um, just, you know, again, cleaving off the head of Alice pretty quickly, uh, kind of showed that maybe they're not as durable as we would have thought. The, the other thing that I wanted to hit on here was what you were just talking about. And that's the characters. And while I don't think Dr. Peter Thompson grieved quite enough over his wife, (laughs) I do think the, uh, the story moved at such a speed that it was almost like he didn't have time to grieve. He's got all these people that he needs to save because of this mysterious illness. He's got a lot going on. So I won't put a whole lot of water in it, but I do think Peter needed to, needed to be a little more upset um, around the time of her death mm-hmm. and his character playing off of the incredible character of Sir James Forbes really drove this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who is causing the voodoo. But still, their investigation into how it somehow works, it's, it's really surprising at how well that works. Hmm. Because maybe it's the dialogue, and maybe it's just, like you said, their camaraderie between each other, or just the magical Sir James Forbes himself. <laughs> but I found every moment that they were on screen together to be awesome. Like I, I love the dialogue between them and just every action or <laughs> anything they did was just very appealing to me. And I also think that somehow that the film and these characters sold me on the plausibility of this happening. Not, not like that it's possible in real life, but that it's possible in the film. You know, they stumble upon this unexplainable event and as men of science they are out to pursue the answers to a completely preposterous question. But they keep their minds open, and by doing so, they're able to figure out what's happening, even if it is flies in the face, face of everything they know. And I really like that because it, it shows that, you know, despite Sir James Forbes' age, he is incredibly flexible instead of rigid, like a lot of our older characters are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm again, I'm with you with his character. Uh, he is flexible, not just in a uh, figurative way, but also a literal way, Alex, mm. towards the end mm. as he fights <laughs> off a couple baddies. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do have a couple complaints about this one though. And and I think you were hitting on some of them to an extent, um, which these complaints come back to the characters as, as much as we've praised them. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing would be, I don't think, and this is my complaint against our villain. I don't think we learn Hamilton's motivation in all of this until too late in the game. So we're kind of trying to figure out his angle throughout. And it's still a bit fuzzy, even at the end, though it is revealed that he is creating zombies for slave labor. And I'm going to guess his, his reason for, I guess, um, controlling and torturing and killing Alice, um, was either because she kind of found out what he was doing or he had some sort of cruel obsession with her, right? Mm, Which makes sense, right? Contrast that, though, with Lugosi in White Zombie. His motivation was essentially cruelty. Yes. Um, There wasn't another motivation. But through his performance and through his character early on, we sensed that motivation of cruelty and that makes him the quite the intimidating villain overall. Uh, yeah, and I also do question our dude, Doctor Peter Thompson. I mean, wife dies, and then at the <laughs> burial, he's make off making sure another woman I is know. feeling okay. I thought the that, same before thing. she's even even put in the ground. I mean, that's a little much. And then at the end, there's kind of a hint that like they're kind of facing each other, like she's facing him and not her father. And so it's like. Is there that connection there? Uh, You're like, dude, you've moved on really quick in this thing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> at least it's implied. I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't know oh, about all that.
1: On to um, the now next, it
0: did seem there was some trouble in paradise. You you said it yourself, right? Alice kind of hinted at some some uh, trouble, maybe in the marriage, right? Uh, maybe Hamilton was was kind of getting in the way. Hey, maybe hey, that was part Eric, of it. Life uh-huh.
1: is for the living, okay. <laughs>
0: but yes there's there's just not overall that emotional impact we really need to make that loss alice's loss believable both from him and from sylvia who is also good friends with alice
1: yeah i i I bought sylvia a little more just because like they're good friends but maybe they haven't seen each other for a while and also she blacked out for like three days i guess after (laughs) what happened uh so i i don't know i i get it i i hers was her tr- her um grieving was a little better because yeah. isn't she the one that gets upset at the funeral yeah yeah, yeah at least sylvia's done a little bit better <laughs> but, yeah, but again it
0: gets upset at the funeral not because of her
1: friend's death but
0: because of her cut
1: oh that's right that's right it is her <laughs> cut Oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, a good yeah. point. It's a good point. Yeah. But hey, Eric, life uh, is for the living, my friend.
0: It's true. <laughs> um, in VM Plus today, we talk about Marvel Phase 5, the upcoming Marvel Phase 5. We talk about what might've gone wrong with Marvel phase four. It's not quite a Marvel versus men episode, but we're entering into that territory. We're also talking about some of the other things that we've seen recently, some watch list items that we have. We keep it pretty short and sweet and to the point. uh, And I think it's a pretty good conversation over there at patreon.com
1: forward slash MVM pod. Yeah, it's good stuff. And there's still that deal going on. I'm just saying that's the amazing, Valentine's guys. Day special, that was probably two weeks ago at this point. That's amazing. Mm. It is.
0: I'm, thank you for keeping that going. Yeah. As I, I really appreciate it.
1: We, we are the gift that keeps on giving, just so you know. Yeah. So think about this. Next time you give a friend's a birthday or another event, President's <laughs> Day will be a week ago, but you can still buy buy your loved one a year-long subscription to MVM. I'm sure there's a way to do that. I don't know if there is or not, but... Just give them your credit card and uh, don't an worry IBM about
0: An Plus subscription for <laughs> Valentine's Day it is the gift that keeps on giving yeah. all year round, Alex. Yeah. Wow. What yeah. a great
1: idea. Why oh, get yeah. that beef jerky or coffee box that you get once a month when you can have this every week? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, man. the beef better, jerky man. box sounds great. Sound <laughs> I good. think I had one a long time ago. I think I had one for like <laughs> three months or something.
0: Let's get into these awards, though, Alex. Compelling character award.
1: Who you got? Uh, I had Clive Hamilton, mm-hmm. just because we don't know a lot about him. It's kind of like yeah. you said, he's not as good of a villain as Bela Lugosi, uh, yeah. as Murder. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's just not, he he doesn't have the flair. He doesn't have the intimidation factor. He does have that creepy mask he wears. Mm -hmm. Um, but he is interesting in that we don't know much about him and that we wonder how he came here, what his entire backstory was, how he has three people playing drums locked in the basement (laughs) that nobody knows about. Like, there's a lot of things going on here that I, <laughs> that I need answers to, and I need them yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid, valid. What about you? Um,
0: my compelling character just goes to Sir James Forbes. Um, mm-hmm. He really is this quintessential British hero, in my opinion. I love and like he's just exactly what I want to see in a British movie. I hope if I hope Hammer Horror has more of these types of mm. protagonists because I, i'm all for it
1: yeah yeah he's so good He he's really good he might be yeah i would say he's our best protagonist so far in the zombie series yeah
0: yeah as far as straight up protagonists i think you're right mm-hmm. uh most memorable line award
1: haiti <laughs> haiti Haiti, yeah. He said it two or three times and I was completely baffled by this pronounce and pronunciation golly, I can't even say I can't even pronounce pronounce (laughs) (laughs) this pronunciation of of Haiti. It was baffling and (laughs) hilarious, and I absolutely loved it. The the movie needed a bit of levity, so I was I was thankful for these moments. Uh, my
0: line came from Sir James after he hears the brother's story about seeing his brother alive. Uh, he's the brother says something along the lines of "You don't believe anything I say," and Sir James is like, "On the contrary, I believe every word of it." Oh yeah, I'm like, mm, that's great, Sir James. You you're always a uh, full of surprises, buddy, and I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, that was cool. That was, I, yeah, I like that. I think everybody else was surprised in the scene, yeah, just as cool. much as the, <laughs> just as much as we were. Yeah, uh, he just finds a way to get out of these like sticky
0: situations, and people just he has a gravitas that people just are attracted to. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, "What are you doing?" Uh, I'm just digging up a grave. Uh, we're going to have to arrest you for that. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> There's nobody in here, actually. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool,
1: cool, cool. Let's collaborate. Let's yes. collaborate
0: now on this project.
1: Dude, but, but you know what's funny about how ridiculous that is? Huh? I totally bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Because it's Sir for James Forbes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what about Can't Believe the Acting Award? Uh, I had to give it to Jacqueline Pierce as Alice. Uh, she really does the... You know the distraught, like faded person, <laughs> really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I was because I was really sold on her performance. She, she, she's you know she's a little pale, uh, I guess, because of all the blood loss or whatever. And she's just like very faded as a person, and you can mm-hmm. tell something's off. Like just like our characters can immediately. And I just mm-hmm. think she does that really well, really well. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um
0: my can't believe the acting award, Alex <laughs> Andre Morel as Sir James Forbes.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're not right. Again,
0: uh you can't have that character without a strong performance, and Andre Morel brings it. So gotta gotta give it to him. Uh he brings that gravitas. No, yeah, he does.
1: It's a stellar job. I'm interested in more of a filmography from him. Hmm. What about, oh, that's a good shot of Ward. Uh, well, Eric, I want to know what yours is first. Just because uh-huh. I saw you put yours in here first, and I don't uh-huh. know if mine's the same as yours. And so I want to give you your due before I possibly <laughs> steal it. Mine is, uh,
0: I was watching this one with Theo, and it just felt like it lasted forever. And it was the shot of Alice's face straight on as we're kind of waiting for it to change in the coffin and it's closed the eyes are closed and it's about 20 seconds before anything happens uh you just get that like eerie music in the background and you're like is anything about to happen is anything happening anything anything it's so slow and then all of a sudden it starts to to shift her face starts to decay a little bit and then the eyes open um i was like I love the fact that it took us so long to get here because it built that tension perfectly.
1: It was so good. There's also a shot right after that that I liked. It's just of her approaching um, mm-hmm. her husband, and yeah. she slowly approaches. You know, they're backing away. Yeah, and she's got that evil look in her eyes. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. It's 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 a really cool imagery right there too. Uh, but that's not what I gave my. Oh, that's a good shout award. Mine mm. was to the shocking first appearance of the zombie in the movie because it feels like it's out of nowhere. Yeah, it's that. kind of funny, but very scary <laughs> actually <laughs> as well. Yeah. So uh, I gotta give it to that with him just like standing at the top of that little uh, peak or I guess cliff or whatever you want to call it, and he just you just see his yeah. head with the wheel in the background. Yeah, it's it's humorous, but it is like. It, Dude. He, he's so very dead that it yeah, is a little even, scary.
0: The other thing we haven't talked about in this film yet, um, and we can do this for a second before we get into your, our unique awards, is the climax of the movie uh, oh, yeah. and the end here. Oh, it reminded me of one of our favorite, I can't remember the name of it, which one it was, the mummy movies that had an amazing fire scene. Um, oh. Which one was that, Alex? That was...
1: That was the one good one. of my favorite. Yeah, it was, yeah it's really was a good. good one. Um, uh, uh, was it the mummy's hand? Hand. Yeah, I think you're I right. It's the mummy's
0: hand. I think yeah. It is the mummy's hand. Uh, oh my gosh! The the climax, man. Whenever you you can incorporate fire, I don't know. There's something powerful about fire to me because I know it's hard to handle, right? Like creating a film uh-huh. and trying to control fire It's just tricky. And you know that real damage is, like, taking place. There's something interesting <laughs> about that. I think, like, something fascinating, like, our our human <laughs> instincts are, like, drawn to fire in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But it also really builds the tension quite a bit. And you've got that scene on the hill, which could have been, a, oh, that's a good shot award, of that uh, mill basically burning to the ground, which is awesome. It is, like, Wow. Uh, this is like, there will be blood <laughs> at the end. It's just really cool um, imagery and also just g- built some great tension. I mean, you got zombies on fire, like launching at each other. It's mm-hmm. it's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool. <laughs> there was that one zombie who has the horrible mask on that, that's on <laughs> fire the most of all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it funny. But it, you're right. There is something... Oh. Always impressive with a real fire, especially when you have it in such close proximity to so many people. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, at one point, I was like, dude, they're like trying
0: to burn Sir James Forbes alive right here. (laughs) When he takes the rug and he starts trying to put out the fire, I'm like, dude, that's okay. There's your first misstep of the movie right here. You're not
1: putting out this thing. (laughs) Yeah. He's a little too optimistic, I do believe. (laughs) He's a doctor, not a firefighter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right.
0: Unique awards, Alex. I've got the creepiest sequence. Oh, I want to hear it. What is that? I I think it's got to go to that nightmare sequence, which really feels like straight out of a zombie, like a more traditional zombie film. You've got hands coming out of the ground. You've got hands coming from behind the graves. You've got surrounding of zombies slowly from the back, from the front. You've got camera angles, all different sorts of angles to build that tension. The music is at its peak. The fog is at its peak. It's pretty great. And I love the transition into that scene because it could easily be a nightmare scene. You don't quite know it's a nightmare scene until he wakes up, which is great because some lots of times films give those things away too quickly, but The scene right before his hand drops from the railing, like there's a railing on the stairs and his hand like drops because he's shocked at seeing Alice's head (laughs) (laughs) severed from his body. Uh, But then the next scene is at a different angle, but his hand reaches back up on the rail and it starts that entire nightmare sequence. So you're like thinking to yourself, Whoa, like what is going on? This is just a different tone all of a sudden and it gets really creepy Uh, But then he wakes up and it was a nightmare sequence, which generally I'm not a huge fan of of nightmare sequences. It's like, uh, but this one worked out.
1: Yeah, it also makes sense. Like he immediately goes into a nightmare after um, passing out. (laughs)
0: It makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um, And then Eric, yeah, I had mine and it was the WTF was that award. (laughs) And uh, that goes to the the uh, removal of Alice's head. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. See, I didn't see that. I, I didn't see that coming. That happened to be the part that that Theo was watching. Oh, it's so good. It, it, it's so good. And then my WTF award also goes to the first appearance of the zombie because it is so weird. It is so weird because mm-hmm. she's just wandering around, and somehow she's wandered into this like uh, mine area, and yeah. this thing just happens to be there. And the music, just like <laughs> it's there to shock you. And then mm-hmm. he throws her best friend's body down the, down the cliff. And it, it's, uh, it's an interesting sequence of events. For sure. <laughs> The chances. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Final thoughts
0: and tiered rating. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Uh, I'll just say, first of all, John Freeman, our executive producer, mm. telling us how it is once again. And I'm yeah. giving another great recommendation for this series. Um, I, it's making me doubt our decision not to watch all these.
1: Films, I know. But, That's like, um, I'm feeling similar because I'm like, wow, <laughs> like I am impressed, sir. Yeah, yeah. So far, the films have been,
0: I wouldn't say quality after last week, but, <laughs> but have been on point with what we're looking for in a zombie series. So, John, great recommendation once again. Um, I do have a couple of issues with this film, but overall. I love the distinctly British vibe of this whole thing. Um, I like the relationship between the the father and the daughter. Um, I, I I like the mystery. That's that's what sells me on this movie. Is is the mystery behind it? Even though we don't quite know, even though we know who the bad guy is, we don't quite know all the details and how things unfold. And that's what makes it mysterious. Um, and Sir James definitely doesn't know. And so he's learning as he goes um, and really is carrying um, some of these scenes throughout. So I think this is a solid entry, a really solid entry, uh, but I'm going to give it a gamma tier, upper gamma tier for me, uh, but a gamma tier, nonetheless, really solid. Um, there's not too much that I would change in this, uh, but there are just a few complaints that keep it from being that Godzilla tier.
1: Yeah, um, I'm right there with you, Eric. Uh, this is a high gamma tier for me. While I have like praised it almost the whole time, I do have a few issues uh, with it, and but th- they're pretty minor um, because this is a, r- a really pretty, a pretty great film. I have to say, like, <laughs> I was so surprised by... All, most of the elements of this film and i if you're a zombie fan you have to watch this one like i I think i think this is mandatory viewing for a zombie fan and i i think really this one just uh maybe comes up short with a little bit of characters uh their reactions and i i like the final act but i also our villain he's just not quite up to snuff i don't Mm -hmm. believe as Mm -hmm. well and i th- I do think the final act is a little messy in terms of uh just how it plays out mm-hmm. uh in terms of like um especially where even though he is our hero but where james ford forbes his sequence of events to escape the place is like kind of weird, but you know, he starts all the way up top. He works his way down to the bottom. He runs all the way through the fire to the, at the bottom to it. it, It's just a little, it's all a little convenient. And yeah, it's a little convenient, but honestly, my complaints here are pretty minor, minor high camera tier. Everyone should probably give this one a watch though. Indeed. Next week, Alex,
0: we enter our Romero, Romero era films with the first night of the living Dead. Oh, uh, can't uh, wait. Will it will it fill us with dread uh, or um or hmm, Or will it make me want to uh
1: go to bed? Yeah, I wonder if Night of the Living Dead is actually a classic or if it just feels a little static. Hmm. We'll find out. Ooh. There's a lot of words that rhyme with dead. Alex. yes there are <laughs> but like
0: nothing is great <laughs> yeah and we've got a lot more dead movies to follow so <laughs> we're gonna exhaust our rhymes here in the next couple of weeks <laughs> yes we will. <laughs> as always thank you for listening to monsters vs men you can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com uh, and we'll read them on the show you can also follow us and message us on twitter and instagram at nvm underscore pod Become a bargain based mate at patreon.com forward slash envy and pod to receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps monsters vs. men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Thanks to our wives, comma rock band for PlayStation three, which forms sub B Louis loop, senior Honda drew the collector, Instagram connector, and you the listener for listening until next time. Don't
1: knock your wife's head off in the grave. At least try to talk to her first. (laughs) And try Try to to stay alive. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. he didn't even try to talk to her here he was just like nah okay no i'm good i mean she was green but she could have been she could have been nice she could have
0: been coherent she was smiling at one point so yeah
1: yeah we don't know if she was wanting to eat his brains or if she just wanted to like get some alone time with him we don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) There's nobody in here, actually. Oh, cool, 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 (laughs) cool. Let's collaborate.